The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com earnings right now. NetSuite.com earnings. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. We're joined now by Ben Wellings. He's Senior Lecturer of Politics and International Relations at Monash University. Here to talk about the latest goings-on on on the UK political scene. And uh, Ben, never a dull moment uh, for UK politics right now. Um, Let's just start with Liz Truss backing down on that uh, decision to abolish the top-tier tax rate. What was the better option for her there? Backing down, saying she's listened, or, or burnishing her Margaret Thatcher credentials? Are called Thatcher a, a political hero of hers? Yes, I mean she she does try and try and channel uh, Thatcher, but without uh, any of the sort of political authority that I think Thatcher built up over many years in opposition and then in government. So of course that's a, a major difference for someone coming in um, uh, to office within four you know four weeks and. Um, you know, without the support of uh, the majority of her parliamentary colleagues, if we look at where the votes went in the early stages of that election campaign. Um, I, look, I, I don't think she had much of a, of a choice uh, not to not to back down. Um, the planning to abolish the top rate of um, uh, uh, taxes was politically uh, toxic and very damaging in the um uh, seats that uh, Boris Johnson had won back in 2019, uh, which were, if, if you like, borrowed votes from uh, Labour voters who who didn't take uh, kindly at all to uh, the sort of um, nouveau Thatcherite uh, politics. So I think it was um, it was politically maladroit, and uh, um, I, I think she had no choice to back down. But it has damaged her authority. There's no question about that. Does it in any way um, affect her leadership? I mean, does it seal her fate? Is she done? I I think the really damaging thing is the loss of um, the appearance of economic competence. You know, this is the the Conservatives' really strong point at any election. You know, we we typically think the Labour Party are, uh, are sort of regarded more highly in terms of education and health. But the Conservatives are seen as the the competent economic managers. And if they don't have that, they're very exposed. Um, it puts me in mind of 1992 when the uh, Conservative UK government was ejected from the exchange rate mechanism to, to set up the single currency in the EU. Um, and, and after that, they, they lost their um, reputation for sound economic management and they never recovered. And that was uh, five years before an election. We're, we're probably two years out of an election now. Um, and I'm not sure what trust can really do to um, uh, win back, uh, win back the, uh, the, the the confidence of her parliamentary colleagues, but also 
um, voters whose allegiance to the Conservative Party may have been only over the issue of Brexit um, and scepticism towards Jeremy Corbyn. And both those issues have uh, largely receded, you know, either gone or largely receded from the political um, uh, imagination amongst the UK electorate. And I think um, they're going to be in trouble. Yeah, the next general election due by January 2025. But uh, you know, Liz Truss was in a difficult position on that tax rate call. The Conservative Party's in a very difficult position as well. I mean, removing Liz Truss isn't really a credible option either, is it? So early in her in her leadership. No, I mean, and it, and it would be hard to see. You know, who would Rishi Sunak come back on a kind of an "I told you so" ticket? Um, and you know how would that look in the electorate? I mean, you've got you've got to remember there's been four conservative prime ministers in this uh, conservative government since 2010, um, and four, and those four since 2016. So it, it kind of looks like there's this you know one party is in power, but there's this kind of churn of leadership at the top. Um, and once you're getting into your fourth prime minister, you're, you're really running out of leadership talent. I think the pool is running a little bit dry, you know, in terms of a who could do it and who would want to do it. Um, you know, people with political ambition would be very reluctant, I would think, to to pick up the reins of this particular government. Um, I mean, th- this being said, they've got a very large majority. Johnson bequeathed mm. them a very large majority. But um, and under normal circumstances, we'd say, well, they're, they're pretty safe. They can afford to lose a lot of bark and still be OK. But these aren't if, normal circumstances. If it was about three or four years ago, do you think that they might have been able to get away with it? Because there was a lot of talk about modern monetary theory and, you know, that you didn't need to always fund all the spending that, that you did. But the mood has changed with rates this high, inflation this high. And they just didn't read that, that mood, both Liz Truss and Quasi Quartank. That's a really good point. Uh, I'm also what, what's interesting for me is when you look at the decision making of um, the people supporting Liz Truss in the grassroots, who tend to be more radical than parliamentarians, because I don't think they have to interact with the other side of politics the way that parliamentarians do. Um, and and I, what it, what it looks like to me is that this is a party that's already in opposition is trying. You know, when parties go into opposition, they they sort of fall back on reassuring things that worked in the past that may not be entirely appropriate for now. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, well, out of time here, but uh, thanks very much for joining us. Ben Welling, Senior Lecturer of Politics and International Relations at Monash University. Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.